gospel reading this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 1, beginning at verse 21 and going through verses 28. Listen for God's word. They went on to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded by his readings. For he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, What have you done with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept asking one another, What is this? Who is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. And before I begin my sermon, I'm going to read our psalm today. It was on my heart that somebody needs to hear this. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's somebody else. But think about these words as I preach the sermon in a moment. Listen for God's word. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the company of the upright, in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord. Studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The work of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. The word of the Lord. Okay. I need a little audience participation here. Congregational participation here. Hold up your hand if you can remember driving down the road with friends or gathered around a campfire with the songs of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And free, feel free to belt them out with me. I'm not going to torture you with my singing voice. But where have all the flowers gone? Remember? I can do it with both hands. <laughs> Cars, campfires. <laughs> Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago. Where have all the flowers gone? That's a hard one to stop singing at the first verse, isn't it? Um, but that's the song that inspired the sermon title. Of I wonders to and started 
a stream of I wonders today. I watched my five-month-old grandson sitting in the grass and exploring this amazing new thing, gently rubbing his fingers over the top and small fingers plying through the blades and his eyes lit up in wonder and excitement when he pulled the first blade loose and brought it up for closer inspection. And then he rolled backwards and just laughed. I will make you lie down in green pastures. I don't think I have to say this one, but Psalm 23. My nine-year-old grandson is fascinated by the moon, and one of our rituals whenever I leave his house after dark is to holler down the hall, Hey, Joey, come look at the moon. And he comes running just like he has several times a week since he was a toddler and had to hold on my hand to get to the front door. And every time he stands there staring up at the sky and watching the moon crest the tree, top of the trees in wide-eyed wonder and complete and total amazement. Oh, give thanks to God of God who created the moon and the stars to rule over the night for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 136. And I suspect most of us have watched in wonder as our children began to learn to sit and to crawl and to stand on shaky, wobbly toddler legs and held our breaths as they took those first wobbly steps. It was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 139. Where did the wonder go when we look at God's creation? When did we begin to take it for granted? I wonder what we would have done this past almost year without the power of communication and technology. TV and computers, Kindle books, and Zoom meetings that allowed us to be with family and friends and the ability to worship and study God's word together. And I wonder where we'd be without the science that discovered this deadly virus and how it has spread and worked so tirelessly to develop a vaccine that is rolling out now. And I wonder, what possessed a man to go out in the middle of a thunderstorm with a key tied to a kite string and launch it into the air? And I wonder at God's timing of it all as he stretched out his finger and sparked that key with a bolt of lightning that created the discovery of electricity that led to it all. For I know the plans I have for you to bring you prosperity and not to harm. Jeremiah 29, 11. Where did all the wonder go when we looked at the creation of science and technology? When did we begin to take it for, a granite, for granted? I could stand here and I wonder all day long. And I'm sure you can add to that list. But here's one last I wonder. I wonder if that isn't exactly what Mark is calling us to see in our reading today. To go back and rediscover the wonder of hearing God's word preached through the words of the prophet whom God promised to send through Moses during our Deuteronomy reading. I'm going to invite you to listen to our words of Scripture this morning in a different way. On one hand, we'll have our Deuteronomy reading in the voice of Moses. On the other hand, 
we'll have our reading from Mark. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from from among your own people, and you shall heed such a prophet. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. The Lord replied to me, I will raise up for them a prophet. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. And they were astounded at Jesus' teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name, a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, the prophet shall die. And just then, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And I know who you are, Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him, crying with a loud voice, came out. You may hear, may say to yourself, how can we recognize the word that the Lord has not spoken? If a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, but the thing does not take place or prove true, it is the word that the Lord has not spoken. And they were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commanded, and even the unclean spirits and they obey him. It doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes you can weave Old Testament readings and New Testament readings together into a vine that spreads new branches of understanding of how Scripture answers Scripture and creates a new sense of wonder at God's Word. When did we lose it? That amazement and wonder at God's great works and his mighty power to overcome all things. With a simple rebuke uttered through Jesus of Nazareth, who speaks his word with such authority that even the unclean spirits recognize him? I think that's what today's readings bring us to. A renewed sense of wonder in these times when we've become perhaps jaded and disillusioned by what's going on in the world around us. A time when we're sick and tired of hearing all the COVID talk and fail to wonder at the love inspired by each person wearing a mask taking part in Christ's healing in the world. And we pray fervently for the scientists who are working so very, very hard to cast out the demons of this disease through new and more powerful antiviral medicines and treatment options. But in all the news and rhetoric, we've lost the wonder of those discoveries that are guided by Christ's healing hand at work in the world around us today. Every day, there are new reports of the ravages of mental illness and addictions, dementia, Alzheimer's, bipolar disorders, and the list goes on. If we've been affected by one of those diseases, we wonder... Where is Jesus when we need him to cast out the demons that are taking over the lives 
of our friends or loved ones. And then we have to cling to the faith that God works in God's time and we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I will raise up a new prophet. He didn't say when. He just said he would. We have to cling fast to the faith that the power of Jesus' healing will cast out the demons of our modern world. When the time is ripe, God's time, not ours. God's way, not ours. And when it does, we will be standing right there with those gathered around the synagogue that day in wonder and amazement that the demons are gone, even when gone means Jesus scooping up the soul of the tortured one and bringing him home to lay at the feet of God for the ultimate healing. Now I want to go back and pick up Moses. I wonder where has the awe and the amazement of the nature of his relationship with God gone? A a relationship where Moses could have a conversation with God much like with an old friend. Where he could start out saying, No, I don't think so. I don't really want to do that. I don't think I'm capable. And God's saying, sure you are. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going with you. And he did just that and sent Moses on his way. And now we find Moses and the Israelites coming to the end of a very long journey. Forty years wandering in the wilderness. The Israelites will go on ahead to the promised land. But Moses won't be making the crossing, so he's leaving them with some final instructions. And I picture them gathered around a fire because, you know, a fire is where all good conversations happen, right? And the Israelites listening intently to the only leader they've ever known tell them what to expect. Can you picture it? The old man leaning forward intently on his staff saying, Remember back in Exodus 19 and 20 when God spoke and you were so afraid you begged me to be your mediator and speak with God? Well, he's going to do just that. After I'm gone, God will send you a prophet. And God did just that. He sent a line of prophets, major prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel and minor prophets, Hosea and Joel and Amos and Obadiah and Jonah and Micah and Nahum, and Habakkuk, and Zephaniah, and Haggai, and Zechariah, and Malachi. He sent Elijah, and Elisha, and Gad, and Micah, and Nathan, and Samuel. And he didn't stop with the Old Testament. He sent New Testament prophets as well. John the Baptist, and John the Revelator. Agabus and Anna and Barnabas and Paul the, Paul the Apostle. And biblically and historically, true prophets spoke out about injustice and exploitation. They spoke on God's behalf when his people went astray and forgot the poor. And they punched up, not down. They spoke truth and power, not condemnation to the downtrodden and marginalized. Prophets had a job to do. 
a very specific job. To speak what God commanded them to speak. To be the voice of God when he speaks to the people. God sent prophets to guide his people, to lead them and protect them. And prophets are not always popular. They speak what is right and not what is necessarily popular. So where has all the wonder gone for the prophets from long time passing and the ones that God is raising up today? Close your eyes and imagine for just a moment a world where we discover, rediscover the wonder and imagination through the voices of the prophets that point us to the amazing voice of Jesus Christ speaking with the authority of God, guiding, leading, and protecting us as we work for the healing of the nations, the restoration of our wonder of creation in all its forms, the overcoming of injustice, exploitation, oppression, care for his children who are hungry, sick, poor, imprisoned, downtrodden, and marginalized. Close your eyes and just imagine Oh, holy God, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear the voices of the prophets calling out to us from the early days of old, down through the ages, to the voice of the one who speaks with your authority through the scriptures, and help us to open our imaginations to the voices of the prophets you are lifting up today. Holy God, lead us by your Spirit to imagine a world filled with awe and wonder, filled with your peace and liberty and justice for all. Amen. And now let us respond to God's Word using the words of the Confession of 1967 that are printed in your bulletin. And please stand. In Jesus of Nazareth, true humanity was realized once and for all. Jesus, a Palestinian Jew, lived among his own people and shared their needs, temptations, joys, and sorrows. He expressed the love of God in word and deed and became a brother to all kinds of sinful men. But his complete obedience led him to conflict with his people. His life and teachings judged their goodness, religious aspirations, and national hopes. Many rejected him and demanded his death. In giving himself freely for them, he took upon himself the judgment under which everyone stands convicted 
God raised him from the dead, vindicating him from the victim of sin became the victory, one victory over sin and death for all. Amen. Thank you.